This podcast is brought to you by West Australia's Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development. Hello and welcome to our series focusing on areas of broadacre grains research. These short podcasts aim to assist grain growers by delving deeper into our research projects that target crop protection, crop production, soils and genetics in broadacre crops. My name is Alice Butler and I am a research scientist with Deeperd based in Perth. Today I'm speaking with Gauss Azam, a soils research scientist based in Northam. Hello Gauss, how are you going? Um, good, thank you Alice. Can you please tell us a little bit about your background? So I know you grew up on a farm in Bangladesh, uh, so if you could just tell us a little bit about growing up there and then what led you to becoming a soils researcher based in Northam. Um, yes, as you mentioned, um, I grew up in Bangladesh on a little farm. You probably know it's a very populated country, but it's, it's, it's a delta, so the soil is very productive. We used to grow three, four crops in a year. So to grow three, four crops in a year, you need to use a lot of inputs. So in my early you know, teenagerhood or when I was doing university, I saw how soil was degrading because of the over-extraction of um, water, use of too much chemicals and fertilizers. So I saw that. And then I moved to Thailand and I saw, again, similar scenario. People are just exploiting and not looking after their soils and soils are degrading. So much erosion, so much um, loss of fertility. So that motivated me to become a soil scientist. And so you um, you came to Adelaide uh, and you did a postdoc there? Um, I came to Adelaide to do a PhD um, at the beginning and I was fortunate to have a good group of um, professors and mentors to do that. Adelaide, as you probably know, um, you know, in the southern uh, part of Australia, very challenging soil. So the topic of my PhD project was establishing crop plants on hostile soils. So that gave me all a breadth of um, uh, angles to look at different soil types and what are the solutions for them to fix them and what type of plants you can grow better on different soil types. So that was interesting. And then I did a postdocs at UWA afterwards. And so after UWA, you started working at the department um, and you've worked on a broad range of things already. So you did a lot of soil acidity work with Chris and uh, then you looked at kind of the interaction of acidity and compaction. Uh, And now you're leading up a really interesting project uh, where you re-engineer the soil profiles. Um, Can you explain the focus of this project and and how it really came to be? Uh, Yes, Alice, thank you. Um, Well, that acidity and compaction interaction, it was part of the soil, uh, soil amelioration type of projects. Uh, and we understood and how much we can improve from those projects. And we, we improved the yield, you know, sig- to significant level to motivate farmers to apply limes and, you know, deprep their paddock and incorporate the lime in, you know, tough uh, 20, 30 centimeter soil. But with the in the last five six years, I slowly understood, uh, or you, our our team understood that actually still we are not um, achieving what we should be achieving by doing soil amelioration. So that's so we we call this project as reengineering soil. 
So with this um, project, we want to know what is theoretically possible for all soil types under different rainfall scenario to know the maximum yield potentials. And then we can work from then onwards um, how to achieve in broader scale. Yeah, it's really interesting. So um, right now we're sitting in a car in a paddock in Tilburnup, just out of Tambalup. So can you give us a little rundown of the site here? What's the soil type? What's the background? And then how are you trying to re-engineer it? Uh, Obviously, um, this is one of the high rainfall region in Western Australia. If you look around, uh, like in the city in the car and look around, you can see large trees around this paddock. That tells us the story. It was very productive land, a very nice cracking type clay type, uh, clay, very heavy clay. It used to crack and open and enclose the soil it used to get self mulched. So it was productive. But when we clear up and we started growing annual crops, uh, it's say 50, 60, 100 years ago, um, the crop we used to grow was not very high yielding, so they didn't need to use a lot of water. So over the years and years of that less use water, we build up these lakes, and you know the, the water table gone up. Soil remained wet for you know a longer time, but we didn't use the water. So because of that, this soil became slowly saline. Then saline next phase get into sodic because some of the component of the soil get less down, but sodic and the sodium remain in the soil. So that's how it became saline sodic soil, and the pH gone very high because of that. So that's also very high alkaline soil, and because of those things, the clay we that had cell moisture, beautiful clay, grey clay, they became like messy. Um, compacted, very you know, hard-setting type of clay. Um, so it became very um, hostile for growing annual crop or cereal crop. So the pH of... So we're working to a depth of 80 centimetres in this trial. Um, the pH of like the top 10, 20, what is it as we go down the proper? So the topsoil pH is not bad because you have a lot of you know, stubble every year you're mixing it or by, by disc seeder or, or knife point seed or whatever you use. So the topsoil pH probably six, six and a half, which is pretty good. But if you go below that, then it try to, uh, goes um, higher. So, so the 10 to 20 centimeter here will be close to eight and then go eight and a half and nine all the way down. But the most interesting bit is because this is a high rainfall environment and we did not use the water efficiently by annual crop and it remained wet for years and after years and years after years. So that replaced all the oxygen in this very deep subsoil if you go below 1.2 meter and it became like... um, um, anaerobic conditions and that's again the pH drops because of that anaerobic became kind of um, acid sulfide soil so pH gone down to again four and a half um, at that deeper depth. So anaerobic conditions at about 1.2 causing 1.2 and below. Acidic. Yeah. Ah. Um, so what do we got treatment wise here? Uh, so obviously, um, as I said, this is very um, uh, heavy compacted clay. So that first solution comes, can we decompact and what we can achieve that? That is our base treatment 
we call re-engineering control. Then we have four other options with that. Um, uh, they're, they're pretty easy option. Uh, or the first one is gypsum. It's obvious everybody's uh, kind of unique treatments because gypsum help to re- re- displace the sodium, as I said earlier, mm-hmm. uh, and give some calcium in the soil in a propyls uh, that helps to build up a structure and then hold it for a longer time so it doesn't collapse. So we have, um, other than the re-engineering control, every treatment gets that because that's kind of, you know, the standard way of, fixing chemically yeah. and then you s- s- view different angle and you see well it doesn't have pH in top 80 centimeter um, and not a low pH so it's a high pH which is a hard thing to fix so gypsum will probably lower the pH but not so much then what you can do you can either dilute it or you can you know improve the um, yes, soil organic matter in the soil that has a kind of close pH to neutral um, and then we choose that organic components, but two different way. You, you choose bulk, you know, compost from commercial supplier, and then local grower there has lots of you know hay bales or chop carts in the paddock. So and then if you analyze and you can say they have good amount of organic matter or carbon, you can convert them, and then you can use equal amount using both resource, uh, both type of sources, and then you actually can compare that. And then we had a treatment where we just estimated the amount of nutrient we are putting through those two organic uh, amendments so you need to see actually what if we just put the bag nutrient uh, to you know see um, is it the nutrient only or is the new organic matter also uh, helping in terms so that's for science sake we need to parallelly compare uh, to be neutral and you know be um, be honest about the result we achieve so we've got control, which is just you've kind of decompacted the soil. Then we've got four treatments of gypsum, and then three of those chi- treatments have plus compost or plus straws, straw or plus uh, uh, inorganic nutrient. Inorganic. Oh, cool. Um, and so, what's the rate of gypsum at so throughout that whole? So we, we kind of um, uh, did some work in Glasshouse and, and, and in the laboratory based in Northern. So if we can, uh, you know, add around a ton of gypsum per 10 centimeter um, layer uh, per hectare, that can actually help us reducing that uh, dispersiveness of the soil because of the sodicity. So if you add up that, so we are fixing 80 centimeter soil, that means we just uh, added 80, 8 tons per hectare to the depth of 80 centimeters. Oh. Um, what have been some of the biggest issues with trial implementation this season? Um, well, initially we started with um, very easy soil, like deep sand or ojol sand. We just very, um, operation-wise, very easy. You just dig it, fix it, you know. But um, the project has higher ambition, so we moved on to next phase, like a duplex soil that has half sand and then a deep clay, a deep clay in, I mean, heavier clay in the subsoil. So that was not bad, but you know, when got into the soil, they are very soddy and in you know, a very hard setting. 
you, when you want to dig with an excavator, you see uh, 200 kilogram size clods coming up. They are not bundies, they're big clods. <laughs> uh, it's ha- ha- heavy to lift. And so, and then uh, those kind of, this area, you see heavy rain coming, higher rainfall. So, um, the time wise, also, you have to time it perfectly. If you're too late, it will become bogged and everything. So, it's a bit of challenging to, you know, do these many trials within the stats within a given time, a suitable period of time. We couldn't do it in the summer because it's too dry, you cannot dig it. So, when rain started, you have to have um, enough people and resources to finish them all. You know. So, where to from here with this trial series? Well, this is um, uh, actually the second year of this re-engineering profiles. Last year, we had some good result. Um, we are hoping similar this year. Um, then we kind of understood, actually, theoretically, it's possible to you know make a double the yield or make it bigger um, than that, and then uh, increase the water use efficiency to 25 kilogram per millimeter or even higher. But what is possible using the implements that farmer has or we can build in in our shed you know so that's the next thing we are looking at or we will be looking at next five ten years how can we modify our existing tillage implement whether it's a deep reaper or a delving or a mixing tools um, how can we re-engineer that to achieve as close as we can through this um re-engineering profile experiments. Yeah, because I, I feel like every time someone, you discuss this project series, it's always like, so are you asking the the farmer to ex- excavate their whole paddock to do this? And and you're not, but you're just... No, no, it's, it's the proof of concept. So yeah. you're doing in a small scale, a scale um, but then we roll out to larger scale by modifying the tools and equipments they have. Mm. And it will also give us the perspective, the how long, probably from, from this experiment, we can show this result will sustain for 10 years, 20 years. Mm. Then if you do the math with, you know, a ton or two tons per hectare every year, that adds up and that became tens of thousands of dollars per hectare. Then, you know, people will think, eh, you know, we need bigger machine. Let's build it. Yeah. Um, I was talking with the farmers last year, Mark Pierce in Turn Rock. He said to me, if you can show me you can increase the yield by a ton, we'll build the machine. So they already know it. Uh, I don't, I'm not worried about it because people will take decision. Investor will come. Bank will come to give you a bigger loan when you see you're growing bigger than twice the amount of crop you used to grow. Yeah. Great. It's really interesting and it's um, a, a really cool different trial series you got going. Thank you so much. My pleasure.